Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. As usual, let's just relax. Everything that's going on, just let it fall by the wayside. Just remind yourself that God is right there with you. You don't need to get his attention. You don't need to fill him in on what's going on in your life. He has arranged what's going on in your life. He's intimately involved with every aspect of your life. And who you truly are, your spirit, has joined him in detailing every aspect of the circumstances of your life. So God is not doing something to you. God is working with you in your spirit. We've talked a lot about how your soul is was a gift from God, and yet your soul, when your soul could not meet its own needs, it created or uses a self, a mask. This is where we get, you know, self-dependence and self-reliance and a lot of different self-aspects. And don't want to get too caught up in, in who is, you know, where the lines are or anything. We, we are still so ignorant about what the soul is, and we're not going to try to nail that down. Our, our purpose instead is to hopefully realize that what God's purpose is, we can join him in that. He is already working on it, and in your spirit you have joined him in that purpose to become one spirit, soul, and body. But as we talked about last time, when Jesus was here and he was already, you know, walking around, got himself walking around in a body with a soul, fully spirit, completely one, spirit, soul, and body, his his purpose that God had set him here on this earth to do, he was already one with his father. And because of that, only he could accomplish that purpose of that led up to resurrection. But in the meantime, he taught his disciples. And what was it that he taught his disciples and all anybody who would listen? It wasn't the purpose of Israel. It wasn't a, a prophetic vision. It wasn't even you know, uh, any anything technical, you know, as far as, okay, this is how God works. This is how physics works. This is where the, this is what the earth is. It's around and it goes around the sun. It was, it was information by example that he, Jesus himself, that God himself felt or knew or decided that the disciples needed and that was how the power and authority in their soul worked. 
how to cast out devils, how to heal people, how to, you know, cast a mountain into the sea, how to call fire down from heaven to destroy a city. And Jesus said, don't do that. You don't even know what, what you're talking about. He didn't say you can't do that. He said, don't do that. You know, Jesus fed, you know, how many with the, the, the loaves and the fishes, turned the water into wine. These were all expressions of the soulful power and authority that he had expressed into the natural realm. And he taught his disciples how to do it. And then he sent them out two by two, and he sent them out. He was preparing them for when he wouldn't be there bodily. Now, there's a lot of ideas about, okay, that's not for us for now. When Jesus never said that, Jesus never said, okay, this is only good. You know, the power and authority that's in the soul is only valid for a certain period of time. There's an expiration date on it. He said, this is the way, walk in it. And as we let God do his thing, that doesn't mean we're, we're not partaking, we're not, you know, we've, we've talked about God doing 99% of the work and then bringing us in at the end so we can appreciate and value what he's done, the great thing he's done in, in bringing us healing and deliverance and restoration of our soul, of our mind, will, and emotions. So, we're, you know, there's things that he's healed in you that you don't know about, that you didn't even know were wounded. In fact, most of the things in your soul that needed to be healed, you don't even know about. You know, the things you believe, the things I believe, we believe them because we think they're true. If I asked how many people listening to this podcast believed lies and named them. It'd be hard put to say, yeah, I, be- I know this is a lie, but I'm going to believe it anyway. We don't do that. Of course, we be- believe things that, of course, are true. And yet God is there right now speaking truth to what you believe is true. Because just because you believe it doesn't mean it's true. Just because people you respect can have something to say that this is okay, this is the truth, this is the that your pastor, your your parents, your your spouse, people you trust are saying this is what the truth is, this is the doctrine, this is what God means when He says, this is what the Bible means, this is you know somebody speaking for God to you. No, God speaks for himself. He's a big God. He's, he's perfectly capable of making himself known to us. And he wants to. And going back to, you know, the, the, we've talked so many times about Adam and Eve, that what I believe that, you know, whoever, however long they were together with, with God, you know, spirit to spirit to spirit, all one, However, whether it was five minutes or five million years, don't know. But when he 
sent them out, they there was things that they could only learn by being sent out. While they were with him and in him, they had all their needs met. They never had experienced without. Lack. Not understanding. Not having all the answers. Not comprehending. Not knowing the beginning from the end. Adam and Eve never didn't not didn't know what was going on in the whole universe. They were experiencing the spirit realm with God. So everything that's in the spirit realm, which is everything, all the solical realms, the supernatural realms, the natural realms, every planet, every time zone, every era, every dimension, Adam and Eve experienced that. But there were things they didn't experience. They were related to lack. And so God said, this is an area that the only way you can learn this is to experience lack. The only way you can learn appreciation, gratitude, the only way you can truly value my presence is to be without it. You know, we, we value water most when we have a great thirst. So he wanted to teach Adam and Eve gratitude, the only way he could do that. And I'm sure there's other reasons he did this. But the only way he could do that was to separate them from the source of having all their needs met which was their spirit. So what God is doing now, on the, on, you know, we can even think of our soul as a two-sided coin. On the one side, God is bringing healing and restoration and reuniting our soul with our spirit. And on the other side, we're learning to live and move and have our being as a spirit being that has a soul. We're learning how our soul functions, the power and authority that is already in our soul, how that works, how it's expressed, how we use it to exercise that power and authority over the natural realm. So there's two different sides of the coin. One one coin, our existence, your existence here on this earth. But part of what's going on on God's side of the coin is as he brings us healing, what, is, what does he want? Again, what is this about? God gives unconditionally. And how do we respond? We simply say, thank you. We accept unconditionally what he gives unconditionally. And we simply say, thank you. You know, what we, what we want to do is we want to take it and... Build on it, you know. If it, you know, build a ministry around it, you know. Share it with the world. Now, you know, this is what God's given to me. Now I have to go out and share it with others. No. Just appreciate it, value it, say thank you. There's no burden. When God sets you free, it's not to burden you. It's not to put a weight on your shoulders. 
It's not to give you more to do. Most of us, that's the last thing we need is more to do. It says his, God said, you know, his burden is light. And he wants us to enter into his rest, which is not laziness or inactivity, but rest, knowing that we've already accomplished everything we are supposed to. You're done. It's finished. God's managing your coin. God's managing your life. And he is simply bringing forward, bringing into existence so you can see it, what he's already done in time in restoring your soul. We, you know, we can think about, okay, how does God see time? God has created time. It's a created thing, so he has complete mastery over it. And time is different than eternity. Eternity is a quality of spirit. It's a quality of God. And if you have, uh, if your spirit's been born again, you have eternal life. All the eternal life right now that you're ever going to get. Because your spirit and God's spirit are one. And that's the source of eternal life. The problem is our soul. Our soul has, again, created that, that mask, that self-life that keeps God at, at an arm's length. God's just picking away, exposing our needs. You know, most of the time, unfortunately, we do respond best to difficult times. You know, we've talked about the three, three areas, the uh, finances, relationships, and, and physical health issues. When something goes wrong in one of those areas, that's most often when we turn to God. We want help. We want comfort. We want understanding. We want to be rescued. You know, it's unfortunately the, unfortunate that that's what we most respond to, but it's not surprising. Because besides that, our soul, your soul, has probably done a pretty good job for most of us, it's done a pretty good job of meeting its needs, even if it's falsely, basically idolatry. You know, God offers unconditional love. You and I have no idea what that is like in our soul. So we make up stuff. We get our needs for love met through other things, through other people, through other projects through other endeavors through recognition pick whatever you think is filling that need for love but none of that fills the the true need really really fills the need in your soul but yourself is really good at convincing you we we all have our own little scripts Sometimes we got them from our family. Sometimes we make them up our, on our own or we, you know, got them on a radio or wherever about, you know, just uh, what it takes to please God, what it takes to, you know, just hang in there, you know, occupy till I come. We, we come up with ways to encourage ourselves. But that's very often not our soul, not our, not our spirit, but ourself. Our self lies to us. 
Our self will do whatever is necessary to maintain control over our soul. So as you experience, you know, on a day-to-day basis, go ahead and ask God, God, what's going on in my soul? What area of my soul are you working on? And he may not answer you. Odds are he won't at that, at that time. But what he may start showing you is areas in your life, maybe even happened years ago, where you struggled in an area or where you were really hurt in an area. And now you find out that doesn't bother me anymore. What do you do with that? You say, thank you. You recognize that that's all you need to do. God has unconditionally healed you. He is unconditionally restoring your soul on his timetable. And all you have to do is say, thank you. Now, because you and I are spirit beings, and the nature of God, of his love, of spirit, is is love, And he expresses that love by giving, by it being expressed. God's love isn't like, okay, in order to receive his love, we all have to be in him, even though we are all in him. But, okay, we can't, there can be no shadow of turning in us. We have to be perfectly complete. We have to be a finished product in order to be loved. No, that's not God. Because that's not his nature. It's not about us. It's about God, God's nature. His nature is to give. For God so loved, he gave. They're always tied together, loving and giving. And since you and I are spirit beings, we have that same love. Not the emotional stuff, not the conditional stuff, not the human stuff, not the emotion, the heart stuff. It's a spirit love that we can only taste glimpses of in our soul. Your spirit's fully involved, fully immersed in that love. But as that love is more and more expressed in us and to us, it will be more fully expressed through us. And we will more and more give unconditionally what we have received unconditionally. Eternal life, eternal love, eternal acceptance, valuing people, valuing creation, valuing past, present, future, valuing supernatural beings, angels and demons, valuing everything recognizing it all as as one, all as a part of who and what God is doing. So often we get this idea that why we're here on this earth is to battle evil. You know, that the great battle is the battle of, of good and evil. It's like, no, they were on the same tree. They're the same thing. God created it that way. What our focus is on is the tree of life, God himself. And we recognize that the knowledge of good and evil is, is in essence, basically the work of our soul distracting us from
from the tree of life. I'm not going to get too far down these that particular analogy. There's been too many books, very good books written about that. But when we understand where we want to keep our focus, what is God doing in you? And we, we can ask him. And he may not speak to your situation in the terms that we've laid out here. But guess what? It's important. What's important is that you're talking to him about yourself. Without being personal with God, you can't say thank you. And a lot of times being personal with God, we put ourselves at risk. We put ourselves at his mercy. And we come kind of almost full circle to something we talked about probably a couple years ago, about do we trust God? Do, do I, do you trust him with who you are? Do you trust him to speak truth to you? There's a lot of concern, and there always will be, and there always, you know, that's, it's not against, not surprising, in the soul. Your soul wants to maintain control, and that's one of the reasons we have a self. And so we have, we're, we are self-deceived, self-deception, and we are concerned about being deceived and, and tricked and lied to. Because we think God's going to be mad at us or because we're going to get hurt or hurt somebody else, or there's going to be, there's, you know, excuse the expression, if we're deceived, there's going to be hell to pay. And let me just relieve you of that burden. You are deceived. I am deceived. Because there's areas in my life that I believe lies. There's area areas in your life that you believe lies. Because you don't have all the truth yet in your soul. It's there in your spirit. Areas in my life where I am deceived because I believe lies. Now, hopefully, and this is where if you need to go talk to God about this, if this starts pushing your buttons, great, be glad. Go to him and say, can I trust you to deal with those deceptions? Or do you feel that you are responsible for ferreting out truth on your own? Trying to control which lie you deal with, which, which, you know, who's, who's deceived, who's got the right doctrine. When you only care about loving God and knowing him and being with him and giving to others what God has given you and expressing yourselves to others as he leads, if you're, when your eye is on him, you won't be worried about being deceived. Because he is the truth. He alone has all the truth. 
And because your spirit is in him, you have all the truth. You have all knowledge and understanding. And the life that is the truth, the way that is the truth, the creativity, the power, the authority that is the truth, it's all in God and your spirit is in him. But in the process of what God is doing on his side of the coin is he's putting his finger on those lies that we believe. And sometimes he does that by letting them fail. I think often about, you know, we've, we've all read about different um, cults, you know, doomsday cults that believe, you know, they're led by, by some, you know, some leader who either is delusional, you know, and believes they have heard from God that the end, the, an asteroid's going to hit the earth. I'm just going to use a, an example. The asteroid's going to earth, hit the earth on June 17th, 2023 in, you know, Colorado, you know, in the Grand Canyon, let's say. And the only ones who are going to be saved are the ones who are in Timbuktu or the Antarctica. Or that God, that only the faithful will be raised to be with him in, in the clouds, you know, five minutes before that happens or the day before. And, but you have to be, you know, in a certain location, you know, Alaska. And so these, these followers believe this cult leader and they all go to Alaska and that date comes and then the date goes and nothing happens. And what does the cult leader do? Oh, I I forgot to carry the one. It's not it's not twenty twenty three, it's twenty thirty three. And so he comes up or or she comes up with how they did the math wrong, how they misinterpreted something. Because now their goal Again, sometimes it's because they have uh, malicious intent. They like, you know, like controlling other people, but sometimes they're just delusional. They think they've heard from God, and, and other people believe that too because people want to believe something. People like confidence. People like confident people, just like we like our, ourselves to be confident. We like to have an answer. And yet, we can't, so we can't accept, very often those followers can't accept that they were lied to. And sometimes we have a real hard time accepting in our soul that our self has been lying to us. Your self lies to you about how God sees you about how much he loves you, about being unconditionally accepted right as you are right now, that there's nothing you can do or say to be more loved and accepted. You don't have to do anything because most of us want to do something to earn his love, to justify his loving us. Because 
it's been built into us. It's part of our soul, again, wanting to maintain, needing to maintain control. That balance, that getting its own needs met on its terms. So part of what we're going through on God's side is accepting that we will have to give up some of the things we thought were true, if not a lot of things we thought were true. But it's not because cause I'm teaching you something or because your favorite speaker or the book you're reading or anything, you know, anything you can come up with your own imagination. It's not because you hear it from any of that. It's because God is truth. And truth will stand every test. Truth will stand the light of day. Truth will stand every circumstance. But it's also gentle and kind and caring and persistent and restorative and healing. So as God reveals an area where we're believing a lie, like we, you know, um, how that we're, you know, we're going to be judged by how we do here on this earth to determine how many jewels we have in our crown or whether we're going to be raptured or whether we've committed the unforgivable sin. And when God comes along and says, nope, none of those, and we say, okay, God, I accept your truth. I don't understand, but I'm willing and I appreciate, I'm willing to change and I appreciate you sharing your truth. Thank you. He may or may not tell you what's going to happen in the, you know, when you die. He may or may not tell you, you know, uh, the nature of sin. He may not answer your questions. But you can experience healing and freedom and rest where once there was a lie. So... Spend some time thinking in the presence, Lord, is there any any area of my life where I resist the light of truth shining? Are there any beliefs that I can't live without? So appreciate you tuning in and appreciate always appreciate hearing from you. You can drop me a line at Diane at the Rainers Club dot org or through Blog Talk Radio. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.